We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're here. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andres Hale from Blue Wire Studios in the Wynn Resort in Las Vegas. Dre, it is fight week now. Yes. For Canelo. We just came off of a Las Vegas fight week. Yes. Nate Diaz. So much going on. Still have pro wrestling and talk later this week, right? We have to let the people know immediately, though. We ain't just taking shortcuts. We ain't lazy. Y'all are used to three shows a week. We had three shows for you last week. We are like, cool. We'll talk boxing. Put boxing out on Thursday. On Friday, we'll put out MMA. Perfect. We do our predictions. Everything's great going into the weekend. All of you guys would be hype. To hear what we have to say about Nate Diaz, his career, how he was going to get crushed by the wolf. Friday hits. Friday morning. Weigh-ins. Not ceremonials, the real weigh-ins. They hit. All the reports start coming out. You text me. Well, there goes our show. (laughs) (laughs) Had to scrap the whole show. From last week for MMA, the entire thing changed. Never seen anything like this. Ever. Ever. Entire fight card changed on a Friday for a pay-per-view on a Saturday. Could you imagine this shit? NBA Finals? They're like, you know what? Man, nah, Bron, Bron, Bron's sick today. <laughs> we, we, we can't do it. Lakers? Nah, the, the Lakers... Now we're not going to face this matchup. We're going to put them over here against the Clippers. We're going to move the Suns here. Yeah, that's that's how we're going to go. Pay-per-view Eve. Switch the entire main card around. I mean, let's start with the fact that Hamza Kamayev just didn't care about making weight. <laughs> Man showed up seven and a half pounds overweight. Yep. Was not interested in cutting weight. Smirked on the scale. Went full heel. Yes, he did. Uh, the day before we, you know, after we recorded the show was the press conference where the melee happened. Yes. No goddamn melee. 
someone got kicked like it was 300. But it wasn't like it wasn't even that bad. I've seen worse. I've seen better footage than the footage that came out. I mean, the man, Hamza did everything besides yell, this is Sparta. Yeah, well, I mean, so you, straight but, kick somebody. So you had that, and they canceled the press conference. And then the next day, it was like they watched the AEW all-out media day and was like, hold my beer. <laughs> yeah. And it was like destroyed the entire card. Yep. Tore it to shreds. And then somehow, Nate Diaz once again has the UFC by the balls. My man Nate Diaz has the most pedestrian record in MMA. It makes more money than just about every champion. Once it breaks right, it breaks right. That's all you need. And he brings them out. I'll tell you that much. I mean, that everybody was there for Nate Diaz. Yep. Every so okay. So we'll, I mean, obviously we'll go down the card and talk about Nate winning and his last fight in his UFC deal and Hamzad and everything else. But the crazy thing is, Nate literally had the power of UFC 279 in his hands. If Nate Diaz said, I don't feel like fighting. Yeah. Card's over. It's a Done. wrap. You cancel the whole card. Everyone gets refunds. Yep. Everything. But as long but they, they put they were like, all right, well, you fight Tony Ferguson, whatever he accepted, which we'll talk about in a second, which is very strange. Dana says nobody got anything. Nate and Kevin Holland was <laughs> dancing the jig. Yeah. In his, like <laughs> they definitely got paid. Somebody's playing. But as soon as they said Nate versus Tony, everybody was like, huh. okay. I wanted that fight anyway. Yep. And the moment it happened, I was like, that's a winnable fight. People thought Tony, I was like, Tony Ferguson's not winning that fight. You've been saying Tony's washed. I've been for trying like to tell a year, people. year and a half. I was like, look at his schedule and then look at the killer. When he starts facing killers, it's going to be a problem. Yep. Gaethje, Oliveira. Like, you just kind of run down the list of the people that he's fought. And now he fought Nate Diaz. He's a shell of his former self. Yep. He doesn't have the power at welterweight. Like, if he's not, he's he was, I don't want to say he was never that good because he was that good, but the record was kind of inflated. And he got submitted for the first time in 13 years by Nate Diaz, who goes out like CM Punk, winning money in the bank. <laughs> See you later. That's Even it. though it's kind of nice. But what a, what a mess of a show. And then Kamayev actually steamrolls Kevin Holland. It was the best case scenario for the UFC. I'm sure in the moment, it didn't feel like that. It probably felt like the end of the world, trying to pull this card together, not lose a pay-per-view, give all these people their money back, the panic, dealing with the athletic commission. Like, how do you approve all of this? Thankfully, they didn't bring any extra people in. So medicals were done, everything was done, as long as you move stuff around and presumably pay them for their troubles, then you can do whatever you want because everyone's already done their weight checks, their everything, the vitals, everything you need to be cleared by the state. So being able to pull this off had to seem maddening. Yeah. But this card was not great. It was never great. People not hear our preview show now, but it wasn't the greatest of cards coming into it. This is what they needed because at the end of the day, it's going to end up one of the most talked about cards of the year. It, it's weird because it's like, so after the after the, the fight in the press conference, I went home and I woke up and I looked at everything again and I was like, yo, this is like the most inconsequential UFC pay-per-view in the history of UFC pay-per-views. No champions. You had six catch weight fights. Six. Six. Nobody felt like making weight. 
No, like everybody was like, I don't care. Irene Aldana, she was like, Yeah, hey, you want to fight at 140? Sure, we'll fight. Mexico, they were like, We'll both fight at 140. Who cares? There was the only fight that really mattered to the rankings that had any bearing was Johnny Walker and Ian Kudalaba. And they kicked Johnny Walker out by all, by, <laughs> the man, by all accounts. Sent the man out there in his, his skivvies and some, in some socks. No, no, he didn't no have socks, socks on. He's barefoot. barefoot. Down Las Vegas Boulevard. Yeah. Like barefoot. And Dana was like, we didn't kick him out. I'm like, I don't know what happened. But in his fight kit. <laughs> John Cavanaugh was like, what did you do to my man? <laughs> but, man, what a chaotic uh, 24 hours. And then you have the show. And it, it kind of worked out. as long. But like I said, Nate was the linchpin. Like, if Nate didn't fight, that card was over. Over. We'll get into the details of who shuffled where, what happened, and go through the exact, I, I guess, timeline of everything and break it all down. But before that, this just adds to Nate's legend, right? Like, getting Connor when he did, winning that fight. Yeah. Perfect storm. Made him an insane amount of money. From that point on. Now, for all purposes, you were going to leave the UFC being dominated and mauled. Yep. And now you leave like a hero flexing. Mid-choke flexing. That's what people remember you of. Yeah. Again, the most pedestrian MMA fighter walking the face of this planet making more money than everybody. Nate Diaz has... I don't even want to say failed up, but I don't know what else you call this. Because who else continues to find themselves in these situations? Right time, right place. Stepped in for Connor. All right. It was, and I said it on the show that we got scrapped. Like, Nate Diaz has never held a title in any promotion that he's fought in. Never. They tried to make a title for him to win in the UFC. He couldn't (laughs) win that one. (laughs) I forgot he lost that BMF belt. Yeah, he couldn't win that fight. So he ends up in a fight, and the UFC's like, well, let's leverage his star power to get somebody else over. Yep. And then Kamau was like, I don't care. I'm a villain. I ain't making <laughs> weight. So and we'll talk about Kamau's future, because I think the UFC actually f- fell into a good problem. His future is next to wherever you send Patty to Batty during camp to lose the weight. Yeah, well, we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll talk about it. But the Nate situation is now like, all right, now you go from a fight that you can't win a fight that's very winnable. And then you win that fight, and you say, ah, he's, what, 38, 37? Yep, 37. Talking about, I'm going to go show you guys how to make, be, to take over another promotion. I'm like, Nate, you haven't won in the promotion you're in. How are you taking over another promotion? But, and then I'll come back. At, when do you come back, at 40? To be fair, he only fights once every two years anyway. He ain't got that much time left. Like, his only fight left, well, because you know what the only fight is outside of this octagon. It's one fight. Jake Paul. Thank you. He only has two fights left. Jake Paul, Connor. That's it. I don't care where they have. But they're gonna be only these, two fights. It's gonna be these massive fights. Yep. They're huge. And all because now, I mean it would be big anyway, but Nate just beat Tony Ferguson in his last fight. This man is God damn. Like I wish I could be this average and make million dollars millions of dollars. <laughs> Twenty years of an MMA career career. So he deserves the money. You do anything for 20 years, I'm not going to knock you making millions of dollars. But my ma- but here's You the won thing. the long game, Dre. If you stay in something for 20 years, you're, you're liable to get a few breaks going your way. But usually you say, ah, oh, fuck this, I ain't making no money. Because at one point he was making 16 grand, 40 grand. Mm-hmm. 
He made the most money of his MMA career way past his prime. Yeah. And for losses. Right. Like, my man won the Ultimate Fighter 5. What? We in the 30s. Right now. <laughs> like, he, and now he's peaking in terms of financial viability. And he's leaving on top. And, like, the UFC is like, damn it. He got away again. Dag Nabbit. Kids keep pulling a fast one on us. Listen, y'all, they tried to get us killed. The MMA guys love Nate Diaz. Hardcore MMA fans love Nate and Nick Diaz. Oh, yeah. That's another thing that was shown here. You call him pedestrian, but we'll, we'll do records aside. One of the best things I heard this weekend was a friend of ours, AJ, friend of the podcast, AJ Springer, versus Rat Pack, saw a tweet you had, mm-hmm. and it reminded me of Nate. Put out this tweet 18 years ago. Little Brother, Minstrel Show, yeah. dropped. What was your favorite song? You asked Twitter. Yeah. Now, 70%. Of Twitter, even your followers, hip-hop people, probably haven't heard this album by Lil Brother. Some people have. Mm -hmm. You've heard maybe some singles by Fonte. You know of Fonte. You probably, most people can't name all three members of Lil Brother. They know him individually. People know Ninth. But it's just like you might not know. To me, Lil Brother is to hip-hop what the Diaz bros are to MMA. Hmm. And I hope they get their Nate Diaz wrong. Just you're 20 years later, get a Grammy, right? Like, cause they haven't won anything. Yep. If you are a hardcore MMA fan, you know, the Diaz bros, like from the jump, right? If you're not, you know them from McGregor on same thing in hip hop. If you are a hip-hop fan, you know Lil Brother from the jump. Yep. You know these albums. If you're not, you, you know Knife now produces yeah. like all these people. Like You have no clue Lil Brother exists. I was like, what an amazing week to have a Lil Brother. like Because Lil Brother's the Diaz Brothers of hip-hop. Yeah, I mean, the Minstrel Stroll, as much as we've called it a cult classic, it was like three years ahead of its time before the blog era took off, and it flopped commercially. Yes. Bricked. It bricked hard. <laughs> Atlantic tried to push it, but they didn't really try to push it, and it bricked. And then it was like Ninth produced Threat for Jay, he produced Girl for Destiny's Child, he produced all these great things. And now Fonte does Sesame Street. <laughs> like, <laughs> Does he? Yeah, he did Sesame Street. Okay. He did Sesame Street. He's done, like, he did the Zion commercial last year before the NBA started, season started. Like, their careers have taken off, but, like, real fans know the origins. Like, the real fans know the original Scrap Pack with the Diaz bros. Yep. They're, the real fans know that Nate was Nick's little brother forever. Forever. Nick was the man. It was Nick Diaz Army, not yep. Nate Diaz Army. There was no Nate Diaz Army. No, no. It was Nick. Yes, he was part of the Nick Diaz Army. It was Nick face-planting Robbie Lawler. It was Nick that was winning in Strike Force. It was Nick doing, you know, style on Anderson Silva. It was Nick. Yep. Now it's Nate. It's the weirdest Weirdest turn of events, man. I mean, they're like the Cheech and Chong of MMA. <laughs> they are. There's, there's something about that quality. Again, this is the best thing about combat sports. You don't necessarily have to win or lose to be great. You no. just have to be polarized. Yeah. It doesn't take much else outside of that. 
Just be polarizing, and you'll do fine. You can have one hell of a career. And if you can find one thing for people to relate to, you're golden. Yeah. And the Diaz bros, which, again, this comes full circle, much like little brother, ahead of their time, they were all about weed in sports before it was cool. And everyone who smoked weed and thought it was edgy loved them because of it. And then that was legal everywhere. They don't even test for it anymore. But they still have that, like, stoner bros. Like, if you love weed, you love the Diaz oh, brothers. Nate was lighting up at the post fight. He lit up and he was just like, he called Lee Jillian Chun Lee. <laughs> Nate was wilding, but it was, was just, bugging. it's just who he is. It's, it's who they are, and that's what's made them so endearing to fans. I don't like, even think they get high anymore. You ever see people smoke so much? Yeah, I don't even know nah, if they get hot. No, nah, it's just it's like habit now. It's just like oh, yeah, I'm, like I've never seen Nate Diaz high. He acts the same all the time. Well, or I, I have. I've never seen him sober. Like I, I can't tell you which. Yeah, way that's, which. I don't know which way you go with that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not positive. You know, chicken or the egg. I, I don't know what came first, but I've I've only seen him act one way. I mean, it's again, it's crazy. This is what makes the Diaz brothers. So, you know, the fans love them. Like, again, I reiterate, they had that card in the palm of their hand. I say they because if Nick was like, Nate, don't do that. Nate was like, yeah, man, you probably not want to do this. <laughs> and they wouldn't have fought. Yep. And then Daniel was like, fuck, I got to cancel this whole card. Because that card sucked. It wasn't great. It sucked. It played out better than of it was course. on paper. I, I don't talk about how the fights play out, but on paper, if you're trying to sell me a fight, a fight card, like usually if you look at Abu Dhabi, look at MSG, like, Title fight, title fight, title fight. Great fight, great fight. Oh, these fights mean something. Ooh, ooh. And then you look at this card. The co-main event was Lee Jillian versus Tony Ferguson. Yep. Who had lost four in a row. And Kamaya, who you're trying to make a star, and Nate Diaz, who's you're trying to leverage the star power. It was a shitty card. Could have been better. It was shitty. <laughs> fight nights were This coming fight night is better than this card. But yeah. it was the power of Nate Diaz that brought all those people into the arena. Like, that place was rocking for Nate Diaz. What the... UFC now has had like something like six or seven pay-per-views non-main evented by a title. Yeah. Nate is in three of them. Yes, Nate is in three of them. You have Masvidal, who was in one with Nate. Yeah, or he's four now. It's Connor twice. Connor twice, Masvidal on this. Masvidal on this, four. four out of seven. Yeah, and the, you know who's the other one? Nick. <laughs> Nick versus Anderson Silva. Nick did have Anderson Silva fight. So it's like, how, how does this happen? I don't know. Then Masvidal, who just got the rub from Nate. Right. Masvidal Covington is the only fight that didn't involve a Diaz brother that main evented without a title, a pay-per-view. That's legendary status. The magic of Nathan Diaz. Let's go through the card then. Let's go through the week that was. So you mentioned Hamza missed weight. Didn't care. No, he didn't. He posted a picture of him and Darren Till. Fat. he, He hit the scale for like... What was it, 88 or something? Whatever it was, 78. One, one, 188.5. Yeah, 188.5. Touch the scale. 188.5 says, oh, I'm sorry, oh. 178.5. My bad. He's like, oh, it's not that bad. Yeah, he was like, eh. <laughs> And he shrugs. Like, uh, that must mean he had to be like 15 pounds over the night. Before. Oh, he was huge the night of. Because, you know, he said that the the uh, they wouldn't let him cut any more weight, which yeah. means that all he was doing at that point is rehydrating the next day. So he was huge on fight night. It just didn't matter. It's not like Holland was, had a chance to win that fight. No. Holland knew it, too. 
Holland was dancing, was like, How, you know, I'm going to get my ass whooped, but I'm going to get paid for this. But, so here's the thing about Kamaev. It's like, Kamaev became this guy who was very endearing to MMA fans. We love him. We, now he's like the biggest heel. It's better to be a bad guy. It is. And he doesn't have to try hard to do it. No. It's just part of who he is. Like, at the press conference, he goes, somebody asked, he was like, well, what did you think about the fans booing you? He was like, you give a shit about that? That was his answer. And somebody else asked him a question. He was like, what? And I was, he was like, never mind. It was like, shit. <laughs> this guy is like the scariest man in MMA Go right full now. Full heel, baby. And he's not trying to. Meanwhile, you have people like Colby Covington who have to create a persona to yes. sell fights. This guy is just who he is. The UFC has managed to stumble into a gold mine with him because they booed the shit out of him in the arena. They let him have it. But you think they're not going to pay to watch his next fight? Oh, all of them want to see him lose now. And he ain't. That's, here's the thing. He's not going to lose. Like, I tweeted that I want to see Covington and Kamaev, and I don't think Covington wants that fight. And I just tweeted it offhandedly, not thinking, who cares? It's just a fight. I think the thing is up to, like, four or 5,000 likes and people arguing in my mentions about this shit. And I'm like, y'all really want this fight. And people are like, yo, Colby Covington, wash him. Da-da. And I'm like, but it just speaks to you how big that fight potentially can be. And you, they're two heels. But one's a real yeah. gangster, and the other's not. But, I mean, he's a heel to you, maybe. Colby. Uh, yeah, he's a baby yeah. face to Yo, the, quite the, a large population. The day that fight happens, it, wherever it is, which I would assume it'll be in Vegas. Sure. Maybe a co-main event. If he wants to fight in December, maybe. He's going to have the USA chance. Colby's going to finally have USA chance all for him. Yep. If there was one thing that the crowd at UFC 279 agreed upon is that we hate Hazenside Kamaya. That's the only thing they agreed upon. They, these, these idiots, look, MMA fans, y'all stupid. They were chanting USA. They were chanting Mexico. They booed Lee Jillian. Were they chanting Mexico before? I don't, they were chanting Mexico for Irene, Irene Aldana. Okay. But why? I don't know. They booed Lee Jingliang. Who? What did Lee do? He's fighting a man 10 pounds heavier than him on short notice and wore a nice suit to the press conference. I was going to say, he's the best-dressed man on the card. And they're booing him. They booed him. Interesting. They were so, this, this crowd was so confused, but when Hamzat Kamayev came out, boo! They <laughs> universally hated that man. It was one thing that the MMA community can come together on was that he, they hated this man, which now means that the UFC is like, hmm, book him against Kobe. I know they're going to say, like, well, we don't know if he can make weight. Look, man, Kelvin Gastelum blew weight a billion times before he finally <laughs> figured it out with him. Yes. No, his next fight, the manager came out and said they wanted at, I, I guess, the higher weight class. 85? 85. So. Oh, I guess that's the Pablo Costa fight then. Looks like it. Borchino wants it. Borchino don't want those problems. I don't think anybody wants to come out of pro- Like, Again, we're going to actually run through the actual card and the fights itself. But, dog, you had a hard time with Luke Rockhold. What you talking about? (laughs) What you got in that secret juice, bro? He's loving that secret juice right now. Yeah, I want to know what's in it. Yeah, we all. But, no, no one wants these problems. This is the third time in his UFC career that he's taken zero significant strikes in a fight. He's one behind the record which is Rumble Johnson. That's because Rumble just takes someone's face off with one punch. This man is not one knockout power. No, he's not that. He's doing this 
by taking people down and pummeling them. They can't even land an elbow. We'll talk about the fights on this card. Someone from their back landed a liver kick. Yeah. And won. Like, they can't even. I've never seen that. But they can't even do that to this man. No, he's he's different level. He is, and and again, they people talk about this Kobe Covington fight. I I hope Hamza can figure out a way to get down to seventy. That's a good ass fight. If Kobe Covington has a gas tank and go five rounds, he's a fantastic wrestler. As much as he's a shithead, the dude can fight. He just needs a reset. Yeah, but you know him versus Hamza, it's it's a big fight. I'd rather see. I I just don't know if Hamza can make seventy anymore. If they're going to go to 85. You know, he don't care because he'll miss weight again and not care. What you going to do to me? Fuck you. <laughs> that's Hamza's whole mentality. Uh, take everybody. Kill every. Man says kill everyone. Fuck you in the ass. Like, what are you talking about? Fam. So it's like his, an 80s villain. in like all trash the talk, movies. different level. Yo, he's got like the Dolph. He's got like 80s terrorist foreigner vibes to him. Oh, he. And I maintain this. This is the best trash talk you can have in combat sports. Is when someone really just learned English. Oh yeah, and they just throw like every curse word together in places they don't even fit. That's the dopest shit ever. He, he kept saying, "I fucked you in the ass." Like Hamza, what? That's like Canelo when he first learned, oh, yeah. motherfucker. He just threw it around. Then but he then had, he yeah. slapped Caleb Plant for it. He's like, "Hey, we don't call me a <laughs> Canelo." What the fuck? But. This is the beauty of not English not being your first language because everything sounds worse. Because for whatever reason, I guess we do it too. We just learn the curse words. That's it. We just throw them in. When there. people try to speak Spanish, yeah. first thing they learn are the curse words. Oh yeah, every time. It's natural. Yeah, so it's like the exact opposite. I love it. I love it. I'm so glad he's a heel. Going through the fights themselves, we had. Man, I'm trying to get it right and not the wrong order. So Johnny Walker versus Kutalaba, Walker wins by submission. I, I picked him by knockout. I, I, I did not have submission on my no, card. No, he got him out of there. Johnny Walker still – then Johnny Walker goes, you know what? Remember that time I separated my shoulder doing the worm? I'm going to do it again. Do it again. Like, yo, this – this every, like, if the press conference told AEW out me to scrum to hold my beer, this card was like, let's do a caker. <laughs> let's do an upside-down caker because they were really trying it on this card. Everyone. Uh, Irene Aldana, Macy Chase on. I mean, I mean the liver kick. It was a really good fight. Back. Yeah, it was and a really good kick. fight. So I'm looking and I'm like, what's going on? She's on her back. Macy's, you know, trying to posture up. She backs up a little bit. Irene throws the heel kick. It hits her. It kind of goes down. The first thing I thought was like, oh, she hurt her. She blew her knee out the way she fell. Then I saw the replay and I was like, oh my god, she kicked her with her heel. Right in her liver. Like, her liver was like, how did you find me? Shut everything down. Shut her completely down. It was a wrap. But, it was, again, it was a catchway fight. So what does it mean? I'd rather get punched in the face. Oh, yeah. I don't want my body shut down. Than getting hit yeah. anywhere, kidney, liver. I don't want Like, that. just writhing in pain. Yeah, I don't want No, that. I can't do it. No. And, and, I'd rather get knocked out cold. Yeah. And she took it, and her body froze. She had nothing. And Irene Aldana, she's still ranked number four in the bantamweight division. She's... Good. She lost to Holly Holm a few fights ago, but that's why I said this card was like so inconsequential in the grand, grand scheme of things. But it's a highlight kick, knockout. Good for you. Two finishes to open the card. Then Daniel Rodriguez, Lee Jin Leong. I would have gave it to Lee just for the fashion sense. Yeah, I thought the Leech. It was close enough. I thought the Leech won. I mean, he was fighting a man 10 pounds heavier. 
Uh, Daniel Rodriguez even kind of was like, I don't know if I won this fight, yeah. but it is what it is. Like the fans booed Lee, whatever. They don't even need to run it back. They shouldn't even count it on his record. How about that? It shouldn't. It's not even in his weight class. He's obviously not losing a ranking or anything because of it. It's no, like the no. mulligan. Yeah, it's whatever. Co-main Hamzad versus Kevin Holland. Oh, my God. So to add, to add to the heel mystique of Hamzad, Kevin Holland comes out and has his glove up for reasons I have no idea why. We this man just him. kicked you in the chest at the press conference. Yes. You, you got to wave off the hand gesture. Like, mm, no, I want to fight. Hamza doesn't even look. Shoots immediately. Crowd is like, fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> no touching gloves. No, nothing. And then he no, just, you sh- we, we were just talking. Right. Like, we got beef. But in the grand scheme of things, to be a heel, like, this only elevates the heel persona. Like, what an asshole. Yeah. And then he just takes him down and just swallows him up. Holland never had a chance in this fight. Never. No. People were like, man, even I said, I was like, I'd like to see Kevin Holland win this fight. But I was like, come on, let's be real. I'm just a savage. Holland got a check. He got brutalized. Submitted. It, they, he had no chance. It is what it is. Get your check, boy. Main event, Nate versus Tony. My highlight here is that the fight, it goes into the fourth round, right? The ref, and there's a, a photo of this. Um, on ESPN MMA, and it was, like, the dopest thing to me. The ref stops it in the fourth round at exactly 2.09 oh, yeah. on the clock. Straight up. Like, he looks at the clock. It was like, Stockton. Yep. <laughs> Lands the choke. Everything he does is Stockton. We yep. get the classic Nate submission, flex. We got a couple slaps. First round, we got the slap in the point, which now, by the way, if anyone ever disrespects me, and if you ever hear of me putting hands on somebody and they say they didn't get slapped, you know it's not the truth. Because that's it. At this point, I'm too grown. I got too good of a job to punch people and to fight. But Nate taught me well. I'll give someone one slap at a point and just walk away. Yeah, that's the one that goes viral. It doesn't matter what happens after the fight after that. That's it's the it. slap at the point. No but, one's even going to fight me after that. Once you get slapped once at a point, that's it. So, so this fight was interesting for a number of reasons. Because it got really weird in the third round when they both kept turning their back on each other. Yeah, and they was taking breaks. But there was a point in the fight where I was like, does Tony care if he wins? Because he was trying some wild spinny shit, and he couldn't hit. He couldn't land anything except for leg kicks. It's the only thing that worked. One judge had two rounds to one for Ferguson, and I was like, I'm glad this didn't go to the scorecard. But Tony would land leg kicks. Nate would start landing jabs. And by the third round, he started opening it up, landing combinations. And I was like, this is bad for Tony. But I was like, well, at least he's landing the leg kick. Maybe he's got a chance to go the distance. His corner told him to shoot. And I, in my head, I was like, Nate's really good off his back. He's got an active guard. He's, he's a great grappler. Like, what is Tony going to do here? <laughs> he damn sure ain't better than Nate on the ground. No, I mean, Tony's fantastic at scrambles. Yeah. He's got he's got good grappling, but... Good amount of submissions. I'm not sure if he. I just don't. The logic of shooting on his strong side, where Nate's like, "Oh my God, what a gift!" Yep. You put your arm, you put your head and neck right by my arm. Thank you. Sinks in the guillotine, and I I, remember, I don't know who I was sitting next to. I was like, "You gonna submit this motherfucker?" <laughs> Tony Ferguson has not been submitted in an MMA fight in 13 years, and it was like his third MMA fight. He got submitted by Nate Diaz. Real gangster, bro. Real gangsters come from California. Bruh. 
And then Tony Luce is just like, bah, whatever. And he's like, he's like, hey, and you know, the post fight, he's like, yeah, I'll train at Nate's camp. At a certain point, I think that Tony just checked out. Fam, like, at this, yeah. Winning is a built habit. Losing becomes a, a habit as well. So you just take losses easier and easier, yeah. and then you stop expecting to win. If he does win going forward, it's like, yay, I won. He doesn't expect to win going into any fight anymore. It's, it's a wild thing. So what do you do with Tony Ferguson? He's lost five in a row. Um, well, you got to give him the chance to put his gloves down. You he's don't want to get him killed. He's a welterweight now. He, he got to drop back down. I mean, nothing's going to work. He's in the, the weird Anthony Pettis place. Where Man, he's on the same exact Cowboy Cerrone tra- trajectory. Yeah, but Cowboy would lose a few. Like, Tony Ferguson had the, the longest winning streak, lightweight division history, and then just kind of fell off the table. So now you got to go You go up to welterweight, and it's like, I don't even know what to do with you anymore. I don't even know who's young enough to, like, just hand him that L and send him off. I mean, somebody's going to beat his ass. Somebody, yeah. He ain't done fighting, but he got one more. Five, One more and the gloves are done. Five in a row. Five in a row. Yeah. He's leaving the gloves in the octagon next fight. I don't know if he like he was talking about going to Harvard Business School. I was like, what are you, what is he talking about? At the post fight? I was like He got that type of paper? I don't know what taking out a Pell Grant? I, I don't believe him. <laughs> I just, I don't believe the man. They got UFC scholarships? Oh, um, so <laughs> I want to get to this point. Dana White says, they all have contracts. I didn't give anybody a bump in pay. They all have contracts. Nate Diaz said, I got so much money, I can't even count it all. Who's lying? Dana's lying. Of course he's lying. <laughs> they, Nate ain't fighting for what he said he was going to fight for. Hell, you think there's any, there's no way if it, any manager worth their salt in managing a fighter would not take a fight on 24 hours notice without a bump in pay. At all. Like, fuck a contract. My contract's broken. I'm not even fighting the guy I'm supposed to fight. The thing that makes... Conor McGregor made a lot of sense for once on social media, even though it was pot calling Kettle Black. Conor McGregor said, Hamza Shamayev should not fight. He should be taken off of this card. He was absolutely right. Yeah. Any other sport, any combat sport does that. Yeah, you take him off. Because the problem that the UFC doesn't realize, because they think they're going to leverage this, they're going to run to another Conor situation. Hamza's going to just get bigger and yep. bigger. And now you, you let him fight. Do whatever he wants. Yeah, now he's just going to be like, I don't care. Do I have to make weight? No, find me another opponent. I'll fight two people tonight. He'd win. He probably would, but that's, <laughs> but you have to punish him. He missed by seven and a half pounds. Didn't even try. It's ugly. So everybody got a bump in pay. Maybe not Hamza. <laughs> Maybe, no, no, no. But he, but he got his fight purse probably still. Yeah, Hamza did not get a bump in pay. Had no fight bonus. I wonder how much Nate Diaz walked away with. The funniest quote from him was, I went and I told them, you have to pay me more than all these other champions here are making. And they were like, we already do. Yep. He was like, well, goddamn. <laughs> so I want more than that. <laughs> like, that's when Nate is like, i dead serious. Like, yeah. Like, they, they put big money on that. They had to. We saved the card. It was his card to save. Yeah. There's no card without him. But- so he was already probably getting pay-per-view points. He's getting all these other things, and then you got to put down more guaranteed, though. It's not like they don't have it. They're robbing everybody else. So it's like they got, they got more than enough money, and then they look at the situation, and the UFC likes the, the image of, like, another consecutive sellout. Like, he helped them. Yeah, and they were like, yo, we'll give refunds to anyone who wants it. I'll no, as long as Nate's refund. fighting. As long as Nate was on there. 
And it just worked out that it was Tony Ferguson. Yep. Because Tony Ferguson is a fan favorite. So people are like, all right, I want to see this fight. So now if you're Nate, you, you look at the Jake Paul fight immediately. It has to be next. You don't it, come back to the UFC right away. You let that simmer. I, here's what, like, if Nate comes back to the UFC, what does that negotiation look like? Let's just say it Nate. ain't getting done for a year. Because I don't think Nate beats Jake Paul in a boxing match. No. So you come back a loser. Sure. But it's Nate. He don't care. No. I want more money. Do you pay him more money? Yeah, because he'll come back with whatever pay-per-views he sold over there and blah, blah, blah. You pay him the same money. If, you, if he comes back to fight Connor, yeah, you pay him more money. Exponentially. Do you lock him in for a long-term deal? No. Is 38 it, years old. Well, here's what I'm saying, dude. What do you do, a three-fight deal? Like, what do you do? Because it's Jake? Give you one fight. <laughs> But that's what, other than Connor, there's nothing else there for him. Back and box, right? Like, you give me one, and then if you want to go box Logan, or you want to go box KSI, box Anderson, or box, do whatever you want. We're on a one fight by one fight deal after this. Like, I I can't see any justification in paying him for anything outside of a Connor fight. No, because I feel like they're stuck in that same loop with Jorge, where it's like you give him a multi fight deal at big money. He lost. Now it's like what? You always got to have him in a main event yep. or co-main to justify this because you got to give him pay-per-view for him. Like you, he can only fight on pay-per-views. You have to give him elite competition, which he'll probably keep losing to, but just to justify the money you're paying him. So it's not good for either of them. It's a mess. I it's mean, good for bank account. If they had Nate for one more fight, I, mean, I hate myself for even saying this, but they could book the Leon Edwards fight. People be intrigued. They would, because they because everybody watched Leon dominate twenty four of twenty five minutes of that fight. Nate lands one punch, and everybody's like, "Oh, Nate won!" No, he didn't. You know why? Because Leon won that same way. Yeah. <laughs> so well, he's the champion for winning that same way. So they'll say, "So you telling me we got a chance?" Yep. That's all they need. But they could book that fight immediately. Unfortunately, I don't think Leon will have that title very long. No, no. So you, you run Not out of rope with that. So it's like you have the Connor fight. But God knows what kind of, like, when is Connor coming back? And for what? Connor looked like he 190 pounds right So now. I'm saying, like, what are you doing? Like, you told me Connor was coming back last year. Listen, bro, we don't bring that up on this show. <laughs> My man ain't coming back. We don't bring that up. He's, I don't know if we see him again. He's training on a Lamborghini yacht. Why are you coming back to get punched in the face? It's a lot harder to get up and run when you he wear sleep. He should fight Jake Paul. He should. He's that big. Yeah. He'll be small, though. He'd be like 5'7". But can you punch? I, I just. If he gets knocked out by Jake Paul, that'd be something. Yeah, now Jake Paul's a, a made man. Yeah. Did you see Jake Paul when he said, he's like, everybody's ducking me. Tommy Fury, KSI. is like, really, Jake? KSI's ducking you? Is that the name you bring up right now? There's only so many people, man. Yeah, but <laughs> gotta, gotta punch nobody wants to class. fight me. I was like, all right, Jake. <laughs> Call out Canelo again. Yeah, don't do that. So. Now, the, the future is looking rich for Nate Diaz in terms of pocket money and options. But those options go away quick. Yeah, you got so, to capitalize fast. Quick, fast. So if, if Jake Paul loses to Anderson Silva, you still make the Nate Diaz fight. It 100%. doesn't matter. What do you do with Anderson? What does Anderson do? If he, Anderson beats Jake Paul, it's like, what do you do with him? He's 48 years old. Right. Nothing. He's got to fight somebody in his mind, but it's like. Fight Tyson. That's the only. That's the only thing. And I think Tyson has health issues, so get better, Mike. <laughs> but 
But like that that would be my only I don't know. There's nowhere else to go. That's, what a mess. I mean it's a Roy good, Jones? What is Roy Jones? I mean you can finally do that dream fight, but yeah, I think Anderson Washington's Roy now. Oh, of course. Like he's bra- if he beats Jake Paul, he's beating the brace off of Roy Jones. It's such a weird place because the UFC, you have two more pay-per-views coming up. They're really big. But, I mean, now that they hide behind the paywall, we don't know exactly what the numbers do. I really wonder how big this pay-per-view was for them. This one? Yeah. It's pretty good. I, can, I mean, I can imagine it was big, but it, like, compared. Pretty good. <laughs> did it do better than Kamaru and Leon? Yes. This was pretty good. It did better than Kamaru and Leon. It's pretty good. <laughs> it, on paper, it should have been worse. On paper, it was shit. But what it teaches you, and what it teaches the UFC in this weird roundabout way, is like the boxing model actually works. Yeah, star power trump belts every time. Yeah, and it's like you don't. I hate to say this because I hate being there for the nonsense, but you don't have to stack undercards. You really don't. Like I Two love fights. a stack. I love Two a stacked fights. undercard. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Deontay Wilder is fighting Robert Hellenius, and on the co-main event is Anthony Durrell and Caleb Plant. I yeah. love that. We have Bam this weekend on the Canelo card. Yeah, I love it. But Nate Diaz, they put, they literally just put whatever they wanted. They was like, who's left? Like, who didn't Abu Dhabi in New York didn't want? And Hamza will fight again in Abu Dhabi if we need it. Yeah, it was like, I'll fight you here. But you looked at that card, it was crap. It was a pay-per-view. It's going to be interesting, man. Interesting mm. to see how that goes. Let's hit our quick break. Come back. We have a guest. And then we'll give our predictions for this weekend's UFC card. So, still more MMA to come. You guys don't go anywhere. Be right back after this. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Quick break. We promised you guys a guest fighting this weekend. UFC co-main event, Chidi and Jokwani in the building. Um, one of the best last names in, in MMA. Uh, shout out <laughs> Chidi. First and foremost, are you Nigerian? Yeah, yeah. I'm Nigerian. But I was born in Dallas, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah my brother. You Nigerian, too? No, listen. I, I try to. I try to be honorary. No, uh, I grew up in New York. Tons of Nigerian friends and fam around my way. Okay. So <laughs> love the food, love the culture. Um, yeah. Shout out to yeah. some of my boys. The Kaz, food, fire. Friend of the pie. Oh, the food's incredible. Yeah, it is incredible. We got no Nigerian restaurants in Vegas, and I get upset all Kaz. the time. It's a shame, man. It's a shame. Nah. They, yeah, nah, I think there might be one somewhere. Yeah, I got to yeah. look into this. I got to look into this. I'm I'm being deprived. Uh, I shouldn't be talking about food, though, mm-hmm. with you during fight week. <laughs> <laughs> How are you feeling coming into this fight? How is the weight cut? <laughs> nah, nah. Feeling nah, good? The weight cut ain't bad, man. Once I moved up to 85, it's, it's been pretty easy. Um, I'm solid. <laughs> I could still eat whatever I want right now if I wanted to. So when you see something that like happened last week with Hamzat Kamayev just stepping on a scale like eight pounds over, what do you think about That's when crazy. you see that? Does that give you like like flashbacks? Like, yo, I was at 170 doing this. Like, you <laughs> hungry as hell. I was thinking like, the same. <laughs> uh, flash, flashbacks is the exact word to use, man. <laughs> Hell yeah. Do like, you see that? Terrible. Just be like, yo, move up. 
Like, it's so much better. Just move up. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot easier. Life's a lot easier this way, bro. I'm smiling right now. Shit, normally I'm dying. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah. I used to miss weight a lot, too. That's crazy. (laughs) That's crazy. So so let's talk about this fight, man. You you've won uh three in the rows, showed up in Dana White's contender series. You won a performance of the night bonus. Like, you feel like you're really hitting your stride as a fighter right now? Yeah. Like you like you really like it feels like you've settled in in this weight class. You got this it feels like you got a really perfect opponent for you to show off your style. How do you feel about this fight as a whole? Um, I feel pretty good about the fight. But yeah, he's a he's a tough opponent. He's big. He's strong. Uh, he, he looks like he might hit hard. Good jujitsu, but um, God, I don't think it's anything that I haven't faced yet in the past. You know, I feel, I feel good about my skills going up against his. Not that he's somebody to take lightly, but I, I do feel real confident going into this fight. When you're you're coming off of again success, coming into the UFC success, is there bigger pressure on you going into a fight like this to not only win, but make sure you win in a grand fashion, right? Like we always see people want to highlight knockout, put their name on the map. Do you go into fights with that pressure? Like, yo, not, I'm confident I'm going to win this, but I really got to show out to do something special and to stand out. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like I'm I'm the striker, so that's always that type of pressure. I got to go out there and, and do something crazy and knock this dude out and whatever. But um, I I train hard enough to where I I'm cool with having three round fights or five whatever five round fights. It doesn't matter what it is. But I'm not I'm not I'm not necessarily going out there looking for the knockout. But I do feel like that little bit of added pressure, like. You got to do something, man. You got to kick this dude in the head or something. <laughs> <laughs> hey, ain't nothing wrong with kicking people in the head. I want to go back a little bit, right. man, because, because like, you're, you're obviously your brother was a fighter, and you know I read that you took some like you started kickboxing a little bit and Muay Thai, and then you started skateboarding, and then you had to come back. Like, what happened? Because usually when a family member does something, we look at that family member like I don't want to do the shit you're doing. I want to do my own shit. And then you end up coming back to that shit that you were actually really good at. Like, t- how's your journey going from skateboarding back into fighting? I, I mean, I think that's what it was. I was, uh, I was just really good at it. But early on in life, I mean, I was, I was a kid, and not that I was forced to do it more time, but it was just something that I couldn't just get away from doing. My brother was paying, he was paying for my membership, so he was like, "You, you better show up to the gym." Yeah, you don't want those problems, uh, right? Right. <laughs> So, but once I got to the point where I was able to make my own decisions, I, I kind of took a break from it, tried to play basketball and skateboarding with my friends and all that shit. And, and but at the end of the day, I was I was really good at fighting. Uh, I don't like doing shit else, so I'm like, I might as well just try and pursue this shit. So, you're in. <laughs> with your brother, has there ever been a time? Because we listen, we have siblings, we got cousins, we got all this. Every now and then. Either you got to throw the hands or growing up, there's a lot of slap boxing, right? Like somebody always got to test you in some way. Is there ever a time 
when you had to tell your brother, like, yo, I know, I know you my brother, my big brother, but like, don't make me put the hands on you. Like, did you ever get to that point of confidence where you're like, yo, I could beat you up? <laughs> That's funny. Uh-huh. Now I'm uh, he's he's like eight years older than me, you know. So growing up, it wasn't like he was more of like a father figure than he was a big brother. So fighting him was a big like, nah, that wasn't even on the menu. <laughs> 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 and, and then, but once I hit my growth spurt, that's when he like stopped fucking with me. He stopped, <laughs> he stopped picking on me and all that shit. Yeah. So it was like a little bit of a sign, like, yeah, all right. Like, I ain't gonna beat you up, but you know I can hold my own now. It's yeah. like, go fuck with me though. Yeah. So, so it was one of those <laughs> things. Like, where, I, I was gonna say, I, I think we all run in that situation. Like, your your Anthony looked at you and was like, ah, he might be able to fuck me up now. I might. As well, <laughs> I think I need to step back. I, I ain't gonna mess with you today, little bro. But he might already knew at that point. It's like, ah, I don't want to get my ass whooped with my little bro. I gotta, I gotta back off of this. It was probably one of those days where he swung at me and I weaved it. He's like, you know what? You're right. We can talk to Sam. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always, right, that day always comes, that, that humbling moment <laughs> where you're just like, yo, wait, he got a little quick. Like, yeah, nah, yeah, nah, yeah. I'm fast too. Shit. <laughs> we got the same DNA, bro. Like, don't even, don't even trip. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So coming into this weekend, again, huge stage, huge platform. You're going to get this win. So let's just talk it up. I know you can't say that we're chalking up the win. You're getting the dub. Is there fighters in your mind where you're like, yo, I'm calling this guy out, or I want to fight this person next? As, do you plan out your next couple steps in your career and see where you want to go exactly in the UFC? Nah, man. I I I wish I wish I was that type of fighter, but I'm just I'll be so focused and caught up in what's coming up, like what's in front of me. It's hard for me to even think about my next meal after the fight, you know. So I, I, I wish I was that guy that had a whole list of shit that I'm going to say after I win and all that. But <laughs> I, I'm just trying to, like, just get this W and then and then go on from there. Yo, so, all right, so post-fight interviews, like you just said, you don't have nothing planned out. Do you just say what you feel? Like, in the post-fight, I've seen different cats go through all kinds of metal things when they're getting interviewed, like whether it's Rogan or DC or whoever's in the octagon with them. Some cats have it fully rehearsed. Some guys are just like, man, I don't even want to do this. I'm ready to go eat. Like, what is your mentality after winning the fight? <laughs> I'll just be up there winging it and just hope, hopefully I don't say nothing too too stupid. <laughs> like, because like, it's, it's all just a freestyle, so. Yeah. You... I, I just try to keep it simple and not not get too out of line and say nothing, say nothing I'll regret later. Yeah, you can't go full Derrick yeah, Lewis. Nah. Can't, can't right, go right. my balls are <laughs> <My> hot. <balls. laughs> <laughs> right. But I mean, uh, I've heard about fighters like 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 planning it out and, and going over it with the commentator, like, this is what I'm gonna say and shit. So But nah, I, I can't I can't I'm telling you, bro, I'm too focused on the fight and nothing else matters. Man, that, that focus is definitely the key to success. We appreciate you taking time out. Chopping it up with us. Can't wait to watch yeah. the fight. I feel a head kick knockout coming on now. Now that you mentioned <laughs> it, I could just picture it. Like that head kick knockout is what I'm thinking. So now we I'm 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 throwing them. I'm gonna be chunking them. Let, oh, let's shit. do it. We appreciate it, man. Best of luck in the fight. Have an amazing fight week. 
Get some good food after the fight. You deserve it. You don't know what you're gonna eat, but get some good food. Hell yeah. Uh we'll be watching. I'm, I'm, I'm going straight to I'm going straight to Dallas against Nigerian food for my mom. So Ooh. that's my plan. <laughs> Listen, if, if I'm in Dallas for a fight, I gotta, we got we got to hit you up. <laughs> Pull up. Yeah, tell tell mom to have Let a plate ready. We we going in. <laughs> nah, we that's appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Yep. Yes. That'll be easy, man. Take care. Yo, you too. Man, incredible. Incredible. Like we tell you, great having UFC guests on yep. all the time, especially fight week. Man, Chidi, she's about to go do his thing. So relaxed, so calm, so ready. And like he said in the beginning of that, like when you don't got to worry about a horrible weight cut, when you're not miserable during fight week, when you're out here smiling, when you can joke, when you can talk openly about your fight, that just gives me so much more confidence in a fighter. Yeah, I mean, that's what Kamayev did. Yeah. Except he just didn't make weight. <laughs> that's why he was so relaxed because he was like I don't care about making this weight like, I, I, I feel good yeah I feel good y'all, I, y'all mad yeah I ain't mad look I'm still fighting I'm, I'm happy Win I'm, winner I'm, I'm hydrated y'all out here mad and angry so let's give our picks real quick for this card before we gotta get out of here Tedder Bosser versus Rodrigo Fieria first fight oh Picking Rodrigo here, uh, and no real particular reason why. I think this actually be a pretty good fight. I'm just not necessarily sure. Ugh. It's opening fight on the card. It's funny because I'm going to be trying to watch this card while at the Canelo fight. Oh, we will. I mean, maybe because you look at it and it's like, man, this is a really good undercard. So do I want to like really like turn away from that? Well, that's the hard part. But I, I always watch because I have to do rankings and whatnot. But, yeah, I'm picking Rodrigo here. I think, I think Tanner Boss has been around for a while. And the heavyweight division needs new blood. This might not be a pretty fight. How about that? Somebody's yeah. getting knocked out, though, through either exhaustion or hands. Yeah, I'll take Rodrigo to win, too. I mean, he lost to Chris Dawkins. He had no contest in his last fight. Um, but before that, he was undefeated. So, Tanner's been around for a while, and it's time to go. Bye. <laughs> Just out of here. Andre, touchy feely. Next fight, Bill Algeo. I, I don't pick against Andre feely. One, he was in a movie, uh, my boy Danny Acosta wrote. So it's, well, yeah. it's too close to, to the reverse rat pack for me to pick against. Yeah. So Bill's on a two-fight winning streak. Andre Feely, didn't, things didn't go well in his last fight. Philly's always a good fighter. Uh, well, he's a fun fighter to watch. Mostly stand-up. He can grapple as well. I'll go with Andre Touchy Philly here just because I went with him last time and he lost. Philly needs a win. Bill, stop. For anybody who remembers, Bill's last fight was against Gilbert Burns' brother. Yes. Herbert Burns. And Herbert Burns couldn't get up because he was so tired. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's necessarily because Bill's a good fighter. Or Herbert just, just had no cardio. Yes, yeah, so I'm gonna go Andre Feely here. <laughs> Either could be true. Um, Chidi, we just talked to. I made my prediction. My head kick. Well, yeah, no, the Njokwani brothers. They, I mean, their stand up. Anthony Njokwani stand up was tremendous, right? Yeah. He just couldn't stop a takedown. Uh, Chidi seems like he's learned, and I think he's in there with an opponent that may try to test him, but may stand right in front of him. Yeah, and. I think the UFC knows they have a, a guy who can get some big knockouts and want to put this on the Zakomi event. I'm picking Chidi by stoppage. 
So there is pressure on Chidi to stop this guy. Yeah. You're in the co-main event for a reason. Uh, yeah, Chidi and Jaquan. You don't get co-main events every day. No, absolutely not. So when you're there, it's time to show up and show out. Main event, Corey Sanhagen versus Song Yadong. Man. never pick against Song Yadong. Because of his name? Best name in MMA. I'm not a fan. People are like, yo, who are you a fan of? And I'm like, I cover the sport. Like, I'm really not a fan of anyone. I am a fan of Song Yadong. It's my boy. I mean, I'm picking Corey Sanhagen. Look, I think, oh, damn it. <laughs> I think Corey and TJ had a great fight that could have went either way. Yeah. I think Corey Sanhagen is one of the better fighters. Look, Song Yudong just beat Marlon Moraes, and Marlon's is just completely wrong. Song's 24. This yeah. sport's not built for 24. No, not at all. And I think Sanhagen, his striking has always been pretty damn good. I think this is going to be a really good fight. I just think Sanhagen's got a lot to prove at this point. Losing to Dillashaw sucks, but I think he can make some ground up by beating Yudong. And Yudong, he's... Again, he's young. He's 24. He'll learn from this. Um, but, yeah, I'm picking Sanhagen by stoppage. I never pick against Song Yudong. And he was number two on my UFC fighters under 25 list. <laughs> so I got a roof for him in this fight. But, again, a sneaky good card. Chance for a lot of action, a lot of stoppages. And on paper, it looked as good as last week's pay-per-view card. Strangely enough, I mean, like, the, the Sanhagen-Yudong fight could have been the co-main event. On this pay per view, and people are like, "Ooh, yeah, ooh. <laughs> like a bit more competitive." We got, yeah, Lee Jingliang and Tony Ferguson was the original main coming event. And I was like, "Ew, may no sense." Yeah, so this will be uh, it'll be a fun card. It'll be again, it'll be something I'm watching while I'm ringside for Canelo Triple G. I don't know when though, because you're right, because dude, Mark Castro, Bam Rodriguez, yes. Gabe Rosado's on this card. They loaded this card up. They did. They did a good job with that. So we shall see. Yeah, we'll talk about that. In our next episode, later on in the week, talk about boxing, Canelo, this entire fight week. I'll tell you a little bit about social gloves. Boxing, I was in L.A. for last week. I watched it while I was at the UFC card. <laughs> I wa- Listen, I know we'll get into it when we do our boxing show. But Big Broom, boy, he tell thought he had an decent game. I kept saying, I was, I was watching Good it in the fight. press room. I was watching it in the press room. And I was like, oh, wait. The referee let him get knocked down. Jack Reese let him get knocked down five times. Yeah. We'll get McBroom killed out there. <laughs> it was a good fight. Six total knockdowns? You can't, can't be that. Not many people were there. But between me, uh, Regis Proigrace, who was there, Chris Brown, YG, <laughs> Tiger. That's about it. Like, and a bunch of TikTokers. We were entertained. Yeah, it was an entertaining We were sports we're entertained. By a boxing event. So we'll talk about that on our next show. And then, of course, we have a pro wrestling show still to come this week. Kind of quiet week in pro yeah, wrestling. You guys will get a lighter pro wrestling show and a heavier boxing show because we've got a lot more to talk about in boxing. Oh, a ton. So we appreciate you all from Blue Wire Studios here in the Wind Resort in Vegas. For myself, oh man, Andreas Hale. Make sure you guys follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, Corner Club for Life on Instagram. The Corner Podcast on YouTube, where you can see all of this, all our beautiful faces. Thanks to Brian, who uh, taught me something today. It's something called a, a hair light that he fixed above us, so we look very clear now. And I was like, for this show, it has to be called a scalp light, since neither of us have yes. hair. But he ensured me that it makes us look better. So if you guys see us in even better quality, thank you, Brian. Thank you, everyone. Producer Cole Baby will be here later on in the week. It's going to be one hell of a week. 
Nick on audio, wearing the elite shirt, yeah. trying not to get suspended in there. Make sure no no one is throwing hands over here with the elite T-shirt on. We appreciate you all for listening. Until next time, we are out. Peace. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com